go ahead and pull up the right scene here. Boom, look at that. We're live. Uh, I'm the magical Mr. Mephisto, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. Mephisto for short, or Andrew, if you really want to get personal. Uh, and I'm here with Luke Stone, a.k.a. Cinderfall Gaming, a.k.a. I run every Facebook group you hate. <laughs> <laughs> that would be me. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Well, uh, how are you? So how are you doing today, man? Oh, not too bad. See, it's early in the morning. Yeah, yeah, you're in the upside down right now. So we're on we're on two different sides of the spectrum. Me, I'm winding down my day, getting ready to like settle in. I've got my dad's one of my favorite dad sweaters on. Actually, I chose this specially for you. It's a Green Bay Packers, uh, dad sweater. So, just just for you, because <laughs> I knew I was gonna have dad hammer on. Uh, and then uh, and then uh. You're starting your day, so I'm ending my day, getting ready to like cook dinner and do all that, and you're starting your day. But you're in the future. Yeah. You're you're scouting the future. Yeah, it, um, I'm a day ahead of you, so yeah, yeah. Seeing see what this wondrous world is like in the future for you is it pretty good so far? Like, um, or do I need, or should I be yeah. stocking up on bottled water? Probably bottled water. Bottled I mean, water. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming um, up to Australian summer, so that's um, it's not a fun time. <laughs> it, so do like do all the critters like because uh, you you know you have like a million deadly animals and such. Do they start to get really active around this time then? Or, yeah, is, it just, um, or is it just year year round like mayhem, like like a like a like a predator movie? The worst thing that exists around this time of year here is magpies. What is that? Um, they are like a hide like a bird and they swoop ferociously at people <laughs> so like the so just like in age of no. sigmar birds are the worst yeah they they're actually the worst um like they can get quite decently big as well and yeah they swoop you and will swoop you relentlessly yeah, that's crazy. Like the like oh yeah, the like the weird ass spiders and stuff the size of your toilet seat. Those are fine. It's the fucking birds you gotta worry about. Yeah, no, you know Australian likes magpies. Like <laughs> to the point where everyone hates the football team called the magpies as well. That's really funny. Like maybe they need a rebrand. Um, that's really cool. And of course when you say football, you you mean like rugby, right? Like I don't or soccer uh australian rules football so not rugby i'm from south australia so rugby is like non-existent to me okay all right see i don't know how um, to like it... you go ahead yeah it's weird australia's got three things we call football we've got football as in like the world game football so soccer yep to some parts of the world we've got football as in australian rules football which is what most people would refer to football as and then you've got rugby but rugby is only football to the eastern states okay all right See, that explained, look at that cultural yeah. lesson. Now I, I know the difference. Because, like, it, you know, I don't, like, brazenly call football soccer, you know, like, as an American. I do it because, like, it's the only way I know how to, like, distinguish it when I'm I'm trying to, like, talk to people, like, in different yeah. ways, you know? Yeah. My, my same thing. It's just like, oh, if I'm talking to anyone American, it's just like, I'll call it soccer or Australian, I'll call it soccer. Right. But. Right. Right and then you don't know when to when to call it football. You call it like football to to a European person. They're like, it's I call it soccer to a European person. Like it's football. Yeah, and then they go on like a giant tirade about how like, 
you know, we just co-opted it. But it's actually really interesting. Uh, and, you know, the more you know, a little rabbit hole here for you. Um, rugby and, uh, you know, what we know it was like American football and you've got your Australian rules football. They evolved. They really did evolve from football. And I have a, I have a, I have a working hypothesis here, and uh, and it's based somewhat in some some uh, real research I did, but essentially, it started out soccer as as Americans know it uh, when it came over here, and they would play it in the prisons, and essentially like the the modern you know Georgia was a prison colony, and and then you know parts of Australia were were prison colonies as well, and so basically you can see the evolution happened because of prison in in terms of like america because they just like the the guards would let the inmates get more physical with each other and so so what started out like european football very gradually became american football adding more physicality rugby evolved along the same lines as well and so it was just like they found that people rioted less if they let them hit each other in soccer and like that's kind of how we got american football which is why to this day it's still called like the gridiron because the gridiron would have been the the pitch or whatever in a in a you know in a prison setting. Oh, Rocco, you boy, thank you so much for the follow there. Um, but little tangent aside, um, I just I, I kind of want to you you to me like my relationship with you evolved in a like kind of a strange way, and it, like I think it really kind of crystallized around the time where like Heywo and I started making memes of Scourge Privateers during the tier list thing. I think that's when I really started talking to you a lot, a lot more. And you just became yeah. like Mr. Scourge Privateer, or like we would put your name on the, like Luke Stone, and we just like put you in the tier system instead of, instead of Scourge Privateers. Uh, are you, how, how are the Scourge Privateers doing now post-Cities? You get an update? Um, they're probably, I haven't actually run them. I need to like, the list is going to change quite dramatically, but I've got the list there set and planned and I'll get back to them. So has, um, has the city's book like reinvigorated you to like try experimenting again? Cause you really had your list pretty well figured out before, right? Yeah. I run the same list for well, pretty much the same list for like a year. Um, but cities have definitely changed up. I mean, there's one really good unit in Scourge Privateers that you can take in any city's army now. Yeah, so you take that one good unit, and other people are going to be poaching it. But like, as the as the scourge privateer purist, are you going to stick with them? You're going to like convert over some of the other stuff to complement the army. Like, do you have any thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I might do a little bit, but um, I've I have built, well, I've got the plans in place to get a new scourge privateer army up and running. There'll be a few little bits that aren't scourge privateer in it, but there'll be mostly other dark elves coming into it. Okay, that's which that's is cool. So you're going to focus on like the dark elves or the, the the elves rather, and like kind of build out build out the scourge privateers and kind of complement them up. Yeah, it'd, it'd be nice to it's nice to not have to use ally points on that sorceress and stuff like that. Right on, right on. Uh, so I've got a, a couple questions I want to ask you, but first I want to start with like, how did you receive the city's book? Because I'm getting some like I didn't expect to get like the the range of mixed reviews I'm seeing now that I'm like out of my internet blackout from last week just a busyness i've started to like actually pay attention and i i'm seeing some polarized results i think overall it's still trending towards positive for the community like most people are still pretty pumped about it but there are there is some like a little bit of like that other like oh you know i feel like you know we well we we kind of delved into it in my last in my last rant cast so i won't re i won't rehash it but we're how, how yeah, what's, your, think... what's your read on the book what, what's your your outlook on it 
Um, well, positive, like for the most part, it is a book, and that that alone is a good thing. Like so many of these factions are a part of it, whether it be Scourge Properties, Wanderers, Free Peoples, Serpentis, whatever, that actually made it into the book. Um, like it's a good thing for them, for the most part. Like I don't think any of them probably got anything wholly bad in the book. Well, Charybdis, right? Um, like got worse. Like Charybdis is worse, <laughs> but I think the rest of Scourge Properties is probably okay. Um, you could argue that Execution has got worse, but in the whole, Darkened Columns probably got better. Okay, fair um, enough. And yeah, uh, mostly positive. Like, there are some missed opportunities. I feel the ability to customize is limited um, with the whole only being able to choose the cities. The fact there isn't like a generic allegiance ability, like generic. There's no master clan. Set. There's no like master clan for this book, which is, I think, kind of a awkward, but. Yeah, um, but. On the other hand, this book is, you said it yourself, it's the most important book for world building and like the law. Because you need that ground sort of level army. Because otherwise, Stormcast don't seem amazing and over the top if you don't have baseline in the game. What is a normal, yeah, unit of a bunch of great uh, men with swords yeah. and, and, and fancy hats uh, yeah. look like? Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, and that's a take that I, I didn't delve into a, a whole lot on, on last week, which is, like, what does this do for... Like, we talked a lot about, like, lists and armies and hobby. We talked a, a good deal about hobby, I think. But what we didn't talk about was, you know, what it does for, like, actually the world of Age of Sigmar and fleshing out what this world is. And I have a take where, you know, I, I still haven't read a single Black Library book. I've got some recommendations. I'm going to actually have to physically commit it to a list and prioritize and start reading through some Black Library books. In my life, I've never read one, okay? Uh, a lot of how I consume the lore of Age of Sigmar comes through the battle tomes and, like, the rules and the little flavor text behind, be, before a unit description. Like, I remember in uh, Warhammer Fantasy Battle, you had your actual artifact cards as a, like, a page at the very, very end of the book where you're supposed to be able to, like, tear this out. I don't know if you were if you played that far back or not. Uh, but you had the oh, artifact okay. And so, like, the, the, yeah. the, the Hand of Nagash, like, the Black Hand of Nagash, which we now know is the Hand of Dust, the Black Hand of Nagash had, like, a little flavor blurb on that card that said its rules. And that's because there wasn't a book at the time with Nagash's uh, origin story. That was kind of, like, how you put together the pieces of who Nagash was and, like, why he's missing his hand and why it's an artifact you can take, is you had these little, like, islands of lore and you'd find them throughout other people's battle tomes there'd be a story about you know undead in the skaven book and there'd you know there'd be a, a, a story about the undead in the empire's book and i actually really enjoyed consuming warhammer lore that way um personally and so like i have this just it might be my perspective that making a book for an army or making a book for for a faction it it trenches them in the lore because to an extent, some black library fiction, they do this thing where they go, it's not canon, it's just essentially, you know, what if fun stories for you to read. And I'm like, well, I, like, I want it to be concrete, not in 10 years you're going to be like, oh yeah, well that wasn't canon, you know? I feel like if you give it yeah. rules, you make it real. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what Cities really does. Like Firestorm was always sort of seen as, which is the precursor to cities um, was always sort of seen as like, oh, 
bit of this, bit of that, and now you've got this like permanent bits of law that are just entrenched, and now everyone's fighting for them. Right, right. And some of them, some of them are like quite, quite cool, like cities. Like you have the story of like Greywater Fastness, which is a city that's like uh, completely opposite to the realm it's in, being an industrial city in the middle of the realm of life. Yeah. Um, well, that that actually kind of reminds me a little bit of like, uh, of like uh, Warker, like a RTS, where you have this industrial city show up and start like mining all the all the trees and or uh, extracting all the trees and stuff like that. Um, yeah, no, that's cool. Um, so you, you got like mostly a positive read with, with, uh, with cities. Um, is there anything that just like stands out in the book that you just like, you, you just like, when you got it, you're like, this is exactly what I wanted. Um, the ability to mix the cities up, like I've got my Scourge Privateer army, but I also was like toying around with mixed order a bit and stuff like that. And I've got like the narrative of the city and I've got like all these different factions that I couldn't sort of take together in a coherent force before, but I knew in the law that they all fought together in the city, mm -hmm. but I couldn't actually make it a thing. And so it's nice to be able to go, I've got this mixed arms force that fights together and I can actually play it together now with some rules and it works. Yeah. It's, it's nice to go like to evolve beyond like the classic mixed order, I think, right. To be like a more concrete, real thing. I think, I think I mentioned Skaven earlier, the way they did master clan and scryer throughout, and we won't talk about, uh, Eshen, but, uh, how they, they approached that, like one really big, I mean, Skaven could practically be it like another grand Alliance. Right. Um, but like they kind of, I, I, they kind of, I think spiritually did that a little bit with the city's book where they, this is the way you don't want to be quite full on mixed order. You want to feel more like a, you're like an actual real army. And, and the city's book did do that. Well, um, I think we're going to see some like pretty sweet builds and play styles. We're going to see a good range of uniqueness from players. Um, and then the competitive scene, I do think you're going to start to see in quotation marks, the list, right? Someone's going to win a tournament uh, with like a particular list. And we're going to start seeing people, start copying that list but overall i do think you'll see a great range and just from my cursory glance at the book i think there's two really strong ways to build age of sigmar for a competitive build but i'm more interested in seeing how like i'm more interested in just seeing some of these older cooler models on the table again yeah and that's that's probably the main thing it's an easy gateway back in for some people um or some people just have this army lying around ready to go um but i think like you're sort of like linking to Skaven there, I think the thing with cities is it's going to be very much like Skaven, where um, we're not going to see the best lists because most people don't own all the factions. Right. They own like Dispossessed, and they might have the couple of good units that are from Dispossessed. There aren't many, but they might have the good units from that. Iron Drakes aren't bad. Iron Drakes Yeah, so they right. might have Iron Drakes and like a few bits of that, but they won't have like the... Uh, free guild sort of stuff they need for the list or to, to the, round it out yeah and you'll probably find that like a lot of people will forego building these um the more combined list just out of faction loyalty you were talking about that in your last one mm -hmm. you'll right. find that uh wood off players like forego executioners or great swords for the sheer purpose of wild rangers or a wood elf right yeah yeah i think you'll see some faction loyalty there but again i do think you're gonna yeah, you'll you'll see the 
you'll see this. Yeah, Skaven's a great parallel for for all the same reasons you outlined. People have like they don't necessarily have the right combo, and we're gonna start to see those emerge, and you know that'll be fun to see. I, I think that's gonna be a fun little journey for these next six months is seeing what what people come up with and seeing people's personality and and seeing this kind of resurgence. Um, so you said you played, uh, played Scourge Privateer for, for about a, like that one list for about a year. And I've just, in my mind, you've always been the Scourge Privateer guy, but like, you want to tell me a little bit about like how you got into Age of Sigmar and, and then why you ended up like the Scourge Privateer guy? Is this, you were a long time Warhammer fantasy battle guy and then you, you um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so my original induction into like wargaming was uh, HeroQuest way back. Um, probably about, I was probably five or six years old. So like 20, 21 years ago. I love how many people I discover found, uh, like they, they ended up in Age of Sigmar or well, War, Warhammer because of HeroQuest. That, that just, it, it, it makes me really happy because for me, that was that, that gateway between uh, you know, Dungeons and, Dago- uh, Dungeons and Dragons and tabletop RPGs, and then like wargaming as well. So like, I just like seeing that common common ground. Uh, I- I'm sorry, continue. Yeah, um, so I got into that. I grew up with like three of my cousins that are like the same age, so we all played uh, Hero Quest together. Um, I used to play the Elf; that was my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there we went to like try and go find some expansions for it and we went to game store and we saw like the models on the thing and then we're like oh these are cool and they were warhammer um and from there two of my cousins then got for christmas they split the an empire and orc starter set and then me and my other cousin um were like oh we want to pick enemies as well and he got lizardman and i actually got skaven skaven were my first army that's interesting so you Um, (laughs) so you not my first models OG rat filth like army. <laughs> um, yeah, rattling guns and all that sort of stuff back in uh, fourth or fifth edition fantasy when they were really good. Um, okay. Well, Skaven were always good in fantasy. There's probably never a time they weren't. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember being obsessed with the uh, like I owned the Ikit Claw model from that era because I just I loved that model. Like I thought it was so cool, and I had a pet rat named uh, Sir Ikit Claw. I added the honorific. um yeah so like did you then stay with like the whole way through you know you just warhammer fantasy battle or did like yeah i pretty much stayed up until maybe like my last few years of like high school um and then you sort of like study focusing and all that sort of stuff you just don't have quite as much time you know you get your first job and yes yeah um i was uh quite into sports as well as a kid so that sort of took a lot of my time i was the kid that would you know not go home until the lights went out because i'd be out playing sport right on or just uh just kicking soccer balls everywhere um <laughs> terrorizing the neighborhood yeah um so like a little bit near the end of my high school years i sort of dropped off a bit um and then when i got back at out of high school and i got my first like apprenticeship and stuff like that um got back into fantasy and I got back into fantasy, I think at about at seventh. Okay. Um, so I sort of missed, I missed most of sixth okay. edition fantasy. That's probably where I missed most of it. And then seventh and then eighth and then into age of Sigmar. Did you just go right from, okay, end times and you pick up age of Sigmar right away in the dark ages or did you wait for, or did you stay like loyal no, to Warhammer fantasy I, battle? 
picked it up straight away, but I didn't sort of move away from it. It's sort of like the way my local store went as we used to run like big narrative sort of campaigns in the group of us. And just after Age of Sigma came out, while we were still learning all the lore for that world, we were doing a 40k one. So I moved away from Age of Sigma, like okay. probably about a bit after long, went to 40k because that's what we were doing. And then Age of Sigma, once the GHB came out, I never had anything else on my mind. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was a that was a big moment for for Age of Sigmar. Um, so yeah, um, and you're also kind of like, uh, I mean, I know in my like circle of uh, like online friends, if I have a lore question, you're one of the people I'll go to. Um, you're you're pretty mu- you're a pretty big lore buff too. Like you you like the war aspect of the game. Yeah, it's it is the connection to the game. Like the game's a game, but without the lore, it's not truly a hobby for me. So you need that little something extra. You know, that that little, that connection. Yeah, awesome. Um, so then, how do you go from, you know, playing Age of Sigmar... When when did the Scourge Privateers happen? Like, when was, when did that loyalty occur? Um, so, I was an old... From, so, from fantasy in my time in playing fantasy, I have High Elves, Dark Elves, Wood Elves, um, and Empire. Um, so, I do have an entire Free Cities Force ready to go. <laughs> but... Um, Everything except dispossessed, but like I said, there's nothing worth taking there anyway. Um, Ouch! Shots fired again at dwarves. This is this is two weeks in a row. People have just been taking shots uh, at the dwarves. Oh, <laughs> uh, sorry, sorry. They have one, they have two good units. They have gyrocopters and a cogsmith. That is the only units you will ever take from dispossessed in a mixed list. There you go. <laughs> well, the cogsmith, um, especially with the steam tanks, um, it's a pretty good idea. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and. I forgot where I was going now. Um, <laughs> well, you owned all of the, th- you owned all of the, you know, you owned all your, yeah. you had empire. Um, and then, and then scourge privateer yeah. happened somewhere. Uh, that started sort of like, uh, probably just after GHB last year. And obviously, uh, LV was doing his stats and, um, it's sort of, he's like, Oh, look at the, video. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do stats for something that you will never see again. <laughs> This is where you 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 ruined his stats for like one week because <laughs> you were the only data point for Scourge Privateers. <laughs> yep, I'm like, no, nah, And then um, I sort of also like the whole year thing came from Rob from the Honest Wargamer was playing his Chaos Wars for and he's like, I challenge everyone to play an army for a year and see how good you get with them. Mm-hmm. He's like, you'll be a better player regardless of how good the army is, regardless of how good the list is. You'll get better with them and you'll become a better player by just sticking with a faction because you'll know that faction in and out yeah yeah how did uh i i i believe in the take i i think there's a few other people who would really agree with it and uh you know sticking with something through like the good times and the bad times you know years just an arbitrary value to slap on it but learning that army from that second tier or that sort of like i call it like when you learn the army sideways um when you like i can't solve all the problems of the matter right now with my army and then you have to get really creative and start thinking about the game in on a uh, on a different level that's when you know you've figured out um you've figured out your army when you've that i think that's when you've, you've begun to master your army um yeah and um to top it off with scourge frontiers the aim for them was to be ready for cancog the largest Age of Sigmar event in the world <laughs> was going to see Scourge Priorities at it. That was great. So it was a little bit of like a, 
a little bit of like an achievement moment for you where you're like i brought scourge privateers to the biggest <laughs> tournament in the world <laughs> yeah i didn't just take him to like some little one day they they went to a 200 player event <laughs> that's that's awesome i like that this is basically your 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 scourge privateer love was born of spite <laughs> That's one of the that's one of the greatest that's one of the greatest reasons to build and play an army I think I can think of. <laughs> yeah. Um and then gradually like as I was building the army, um they really like I also read like uh silver uh silver no what's it called? Uh City of Secrets and then Carson Tolk Silver Shard and then while I was actually building the army, Heart of Winter came out, which are all Black Library novels written by Nick Horth that all feature a fleet master. Um, as one of the main like characters, and so that's just cool. Yeah, it was like the your your narrative journey was was mirroring your like hobby journey, like almost like organically, accidentally, and that's that's really cool. And then and now you've got that identity because it was this inc- this this really like sort of this undertaking. It was it was an undertaking. It it just it pulled you in. Um, that's that's really neat. Um, yeah, and that was. And then yeah, I've only I've never really stopped playing them. Haven't played them since like the city's book because I need to change the list up a bit. But right, and you got—I mean, you got to keep keep evolving. It's it would be nice to always play the same army every like you know for two or three years, and in, in some respects. But also part of the joy of Age of Sigmar is, um, is that revitalization of having to solve a new po- a, a new problem or a new puzzle and 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 being able to rebuild yourself or rebuild your list and stuff i think that stuff is cool you know um yeah i i don't think you really need to rebuild a list every week or like whatever. no no like once you've got the list it probably should last until whenever the next ghb comes in and shakes things up or the next big FAQ, depending on yeah, how big a, it is. Yeah, a big FAQ, a big release, uh, like or a GHB. I think those are your your like time to time to shake your list up. And you know there is, uh, you know, uh, Jack here in chat has asked me earlier, um, you know, what I what AOS army I recommend for having, you know, for someone who has just finished Ideneth Deepkin, and you know, for me, I knew it was time to build my Beast of Chaos. Um, one because the interest was there. You know, I'm, I'm like, okay, I want to have all of the armies of death, you know, like I want every legion of, I want to be able to field a version of everything. And sort of partway through that project, I have the models for a bunch of it, basically everything except for a legion of blood. Um, and so I was like, I'm like, I've got all my, you know, death avenues covered. I can, I can play my death march, which was always like my, my pocket pick because I just knew Nagash wasn't going to stick around. Um, there was just too much outrage on the on the forums, right? Like you, you go to Facebook and you see we'll people. We'll get to that. Yeah, but we'll get to that. <laughs> um, and and then, but like the big thing was like recognizing, like, okay, I know future proofing. I was calling it future proofing at the time, is I was future proofing my army because I didn't want the GHB to come out, and then now I can't play the thing I love. But I had gotten to that point where I I, I had padded my 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 collection, and I knew I could roll with whatever the GHB did. And Beast of Chaos Tome came out. And really for me, uh, Jack, it was organic. My Knowing what my second army was going to be happened when I was reading through the tome and building lists. And so, like, to put it in perspective, like, IDK came out and, like, I built a list. And I'm like, okay, I've, I've figured this puzzle out. Um, 
you know, Slanesh, before Slanesh Tome came out, I had, I had solved the puzzle and boldly predicted it. And then it came out, I'm like, there's almost, like, no bad way to build this as long as you just take heroes. Um, you know, and, like, there's, there's armies come along. Corn is one of those that's a lot of fun to play, too, because whilst Council of Blood is, or uh, Tyrants of Blood, what they got changed to, is really awesome, there's still a few puzzles left in that book. And, but Beasts of Chaos, to me, was a book of endless puzzles, and that was really interesting for me, and that's where where I decided my second army was going to be be Beast of Chaos. And as I was building them, and and sort of gaining my faction loyalty about this time last year, October, fall of last year, I think what October, November is when the tome came out. Oh, sorry, <laughs> no, no, you're fine. It was it was it was right around uh, it was right around Dragonfall is how I remember it. I think it had just come out just before Dragonfall, which is October tournament. Um, and I was just like. Boom, I've got my next army. And then a huge point for that army as my second army, Jack, still kind of answering your question, was that it played differently from Legions of Nagash. Legions of Nagash is a slow attrition control army. Um, and I wanted to play something that was like fast deployment chess, like in your face. And I could have went IJ. You know, I think they're, they're a little bit like that. Um... I think there's certainly some armies that that fill that fill that that role, but then reading that book, it's like the army almost began generating its own lore in my head, its own narrative, where I could like imagine, uh, you know, this army in one of my D and D games, which is usually like the last box to check is like, would this army be a villain in my D and D game for my players? And then once I have that box checked, it's like, okay, boom, that's that's it. Um, and now I'm, you know, OB, obviously OBR. So, yeah, I guess what I'm saying, Jack, is you should play OBR as your next army. <laughs> um, OBR are looking quite good. They're looking, um, I will, like, second that. They look like they have a lot of options. And that's the thing for me that I look with armies, is having a lot of options. Yes, I went down the Scourge Privateer rabbit hole, and they sort of, um, they are restricted into what they play. And especially in the previous list, they were very restricted in what they had to play. There was... Pro I doubt you would find any list that wasn't the list that I was running that would be competitive. Mm -hmm. um, not trying to sound up myself in any way there. It's just I played the army a lot. I honed that army so much to try and make it as good as it could possibly be. Mm -hmm. um, and the only person that I know was doing that in the world. So well, can um, confirm we have the stats. <laughs> we, can yeah. to, we can go to the tape on this. <laughs> and the only person that... I've been more run about like smaller tournaments, but I am the only person with like a two day grand tournament uh, level of right. playing them. Right. Um, and, and you and you 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 got you got a GT finish of what four and one once with them. I know you had a, a good a good uh... Uh, three three and three was the uh, uh, CanCon record. Was that the one where you were like you were like two and zero oh or three and zero oh on day one, and everyone's just like, "What the hell is going mm -hmm. on?" Uh, I was two and one on day one, three and zero. Actually, um, shout out to my good buddy Paul Gristy. Uh He was Swift Talk agents, and they were three and zero on day one at Kangon. That that was. Uh, however, he, he then went to get he then uh, obviously when you do that, you go three and zero. You're starting to play with the big boys. Yeah, you fly too close um, to the sun. And he got burned, and unfortunately, we ended both ended up on three and three. Um, so not only did Cancon have Scourge Privateers, it had Swiftwalk Agents at it as well. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. 
And what was the other weird one? Ah, an ever chosen as well. There was an ever chosen army. St was there an STD in the wild too? Uh there are actually like three or four of them. See, that's crazy. Every time um, someone, every time someone brings STD, it's like um, it's like I just want to pat them on the back. Not to be confused with STDs. That's a Slanesh thing. Um. No, like every time someone like I'm just like you go, little buddy. Like every time I see an STD list, I'm like, I I I can't wait for Slaves to Darkness. Like that'll be my gateway back into some Chaos factions. Um, I, I like I, the I like the Chaos Warrior look. I love all the new Darko stuff they've been doing. Um, that see, yeah, I'm I'm sings to me. I'm really really selfish. I want them to get. I want them to get a really great, like, 300-point monster that I can ally into my Beast of Chaos. Um, that's really what I'm looking forward to. A lot of the Beast of Chaos spells uh, don't target, like, keyword anything. It's about hitting uh, a unit with it. So, like, Grashrak, for instance, is, you know, 18 inches, do D3 mortal wounds. Additionally, the unit uh, has, you know, melee weapons that target this unit to have plus one to hit. So, like, that'll work on any ally, right? Like, um tendrils of atrophy this thing has one less on saves like it's just so like i'm looking for that just like that monster from std or so, some some just fatty that can fly and wreck some face yeah um you might even get that like the way they've been looking at cavalry lately it might be just a unit of chaos knights that comes in and all of a sudden it's like rent two damage three or something on the yeah charge. just just something bonkers just something so that one other piece to to round it out and then if it is like Mortals natural go chopping off all their heads and giving them sweet ass goat heads, but uh, <laughs> but I digress on the subject of me. Like best you go, best just oh, I that in the head now. Best yeah, wouldn't that be awesome? And all just like, armored, like uh, centigors, buy like 10 wildfire tauruses and then put bestigors on the wildfire taurus as if the wildfire taurus is the mount. Yeah. No, this sounds good in my head. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, back onto the subject of like him talking about like what army to get into. I always recommend trying to get an army with um, lots of different options, and that's like something that's really cool about cities. But you know, armies like Stormcaster, the Bone Reapers, or Death in general is pretty good options. Wise, even Night Haunt have a lot of options. Um, yeah, and like even Oracle Clans now has a lot of options. Yeah, the, the, with with the uh, with the War Clans book, IJ got the options it didn't have before because a lot of IJ lists were pretty same, uh, samey. Even even the like like the three months, you know, we got to see a lot of the the post GHB IJ lists. A lot of them were the same. It's like, did you did you spring for the fungoid cave shaman or not? Did you have two war chanters or just one? But otherwise, it was pretty pretty similar. Yeah. Um... I actually played Iron Jaws with my free cities the other day, and I think the best thing about him is it doesn't feel like you've played one Iron Jaws army, you've played them all anymore. Yeah. Which is sort of how they felt before. Yeah. There's options in that time, and it's cool. I've got a game against another Iron Jaws army lined up, which will probably be quite different. So I'm looking forward to that. Right. Well, and and just kind of finishing off this this uh, this, this segue here, um, the uh, IDK, you've got if IDK is your first army, I feel like, I feel like it's, it's like you're stepping out of a greenhouse and into the garden, you know, because it's, IDK is a very focused army. It's great at what it does. And it's, you know, to steal the Wolverine quote, it's, it's the best that there is at what it does, you know, it's, and what it does is not nice. Uh, it's, it's just what it does is very good, but,
but that's kind of like all it does if you're like i want a spellcasting idk list it's like you're playing the wrong army you have spellcasters but you can't take advantage of like the spellcasting phase if you're like i just want like like clouds of infantry there's really no force multipliers for your for your standard infantry that that make them more viable than or as viable or only like you know a touch under as viable as the best thing no it really is night and day between the best idk yeah. lists and like the what i call the neapolitan idk list where you're just trying to do something a little bit of this a little bit of that like they're just such a different such a different army so yeah you're you're gonna go like whatever your next army is and i can if you send me a dm on twitter or uh or here on twitch i'll answer your question a little bit more in depth but i could spend like an hour on 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 exploring which army yeah, to play I, next <laughs> that's a show in itself right Probably a whole series of shows in itself yeah so um, so you play idk know. what should you play next <laughs> Um, on a good note, if you are thinking of something to go looking to for a faction, shout out to our good buddy AOS Coach. Go give his uh, faction-focused videos a look. They'll help you and point you in the right way. Right, right. And I do and I do think there's something to be said for just opening up a, a couple battle tomes at the LGS and see what resonates, what speaks to you. Maybe don't impulse buy it on the spot, but open it up, uh, flip through it, see what really speaks to you. Because... You know that's a that's one of those like those one of those great connections we do have with our LGSs, right? You can just go boom, put the book on the shelf, buy something else you came in there for, then go do your research on the internet. Um, you know, watch yeah. watch some videos and and then go wait. Did did my knee jerk reaction to what I read in the in the book fit my expectation? And then you 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 watch a couple of AOS coach videos. You maybe check out Haywo. Uh, DM somebody in the community that you you think has a pretty good handle on things, and then from there make your decision. You know, jump in. Um, yeah. Um, I'm like, all right, we'll use that as a nice little segue. You can jump onto like the Facebook groups or uh, Discord channels and stuff like that, and really use them. Like, yes, there will be some people that just don't know what they're talking about, <laughs> for lack of a better way. Um, and you get sort of mixed views but you'll generally find that there'll be quite a few people that'll sort of point you in the right direction on those sort of forums we'll see and that and that actually kind of that's that is the perfect lead-in to to kind of one of the main things i wanted to talk to you about luke which is facebook groups right aos facebook groups um yeah so i think and and we we started kind of with the summary i think aos facebook groups are a great they're a good place to start but you gotta you gotta filter some of the information, right? Like, because there is yeah. you're gonna get a huge spectrum of opinions. But it's a good starting point. In particular, yeah, I, go go on, go on. I think um, with anything, when you're coming onto like something with a forum, like whatever it is, wherever it is, Twitter, Facebook, WhatsApp, TGA, TGA WhatsApp, yeah, TGA, um, ask for validation of someone's point. Like, why do they think this is good? Like, what? actual proof do they have that like you go they go oh i don't know someone says to you like oh i've won my last 20 games with my slaves to darkness it's like oh that's really cool and like they might be like onto something they might but ask them ask the questions of oh who do you regularly play against are you playing in a competitive meta if that's the idea of what you want to be able to do um ask the questions and get them to answer and like don't be like Combative. Yeah. Combative. Like, just ask them, and you might just find, like, oh, okay, this guy has actually got something with Slaves to Darkness. He actually, you know, might 
take them up to like a three and two record. But um, right. He or it might just be that like he plays his friends in a basement and he they he has more model options than they do or they don't really abide by points or they're playing at a thousand points where the game is vastly different than a two standard two K game or they're playing like above points they play at like four K games where once again it's massively different from a standard two K game you're gonna play right right um. Yeah, and so like it's it's important to like you know what don't believe everything you read on uh, on the internet. It's it's that old lesson we were learned young. Um, but there is some. I think everyone's journey roughly begins about the same. You have a cursory interest in IDK, or not IDK. You have a cursory interest in Age of Sigmar, whether it's through you know Warhammer Quest or or uh, or Hero Quest. Um, you know, Silver Tower, uh, uh, Warcry. There's card games nowadays as well. Yeah, yeah tons of card games. There's just a lot of a lot of avenues to get into to wargaming. And then you know, you get you just see something happens, something clicks. Maybe you're at an LGS. Maybe you're at something like Gen Con where there's a bunch of games, a bunch of different games that you're exposed to, and you like, and you suddenly see, you know, you see your first, you see your first Nagash on the table. You see that model, and you go, "What is this amazing thing? I want to play this." Right. And you, you, everyone has that like moment. And then from there, it's kind of like information overload. You have no, you're like, okay, where do I go? Where do I go? And you don't have the quality control yet that you don't have that like personal compass that helps you decide what is worthy and what is not yet. You're just taking in information at that point. And usually, um, you know, you go to the internet, right? Like that's the next step. You go, if you're for, you might not even know what your, which LGS in your city is the good one for age of Sigmar, right? Um, like maybe your city doesn't have one. Um, so you go to the internet. Um, you know, I think a lot of, yeah, you could, you could be out in a country town or something like that where you have no idea or you've, you might be the only person interested in this sort of thing. Yeah. You, they only play magic at your LGS. That's all they play. MTG five days a week and twice on Saturdays and they, they close on Sundays. Like you just, you know, I, that's, that's, I just described one of our, we have two game stores here in my town. The one game store only plays magic. It's all they do. I can't even buy a, I can't even buy like, uh, a white dwarf at that store. You know, it's, there's, there's nothing it's, it's board games. They have a good spread of board games. Um, but it's all the like stuff you'd expect. It's all the Catan. It's all the, uh, you know, it's all the like standard, you know, ticket to ride sort of like entry level ga- like board games, and then, uh, and then just like Magic the Gathering constantly. So yeah, but um, so you go you go to the internet, and one thing I have found is uh, is like the faction groups. I feel like I've gotten a lot more worthy information than the bigger the bigger groups on Facebook and I, and you, you run a, you run a, a huge, uh, you run a, a bunch of these, don't you? Yeah. Um, my like faction one specifically, it is, um, I don't know if you can see all the crap that is there. That is full of Warhammer. I generally do own pretty much every army in the game, um, in some fashion. Okay. Uh, so a lot, a lot of the armies actually speak to me. Um, I'm just a collective of a bad habit. Um, that doesn't know when to stop. But, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think running them a lot, a lot, I also have like a certain way I like to 
envision the community like it is for me it's an escape from my day-to-day um whatever part it is and we've had arguments with this in the groups that i run when people don't like the way that i run the groups um when i've gone it's a group for hobby and it is hobby only i don't allow any outside things whether that be political religious um uh, or any other thing it is hobby you don't need to know that i don't either need to know if the guy across from me is a right-wing christian he's playing warhammer that's all that matters to me or i don't need to know that he um doesn't support a particular thing that i support who cares he's playing warhammer across the table from me i'm probably never going to see this guy again do i need to know this no yeah well like and and i think it's it's important um some people use games differently, right? Um, yeah. And you're going to discover... I've discovered personally that a lot of people in, in Age of Sigmar in particular uh, use it as a, like, a tap-out moment. Like, you're just like, okay, reality, I'm, you know, like, I'm tapping out, like, I'm checking out, like, I am I am done with reality. I just, you know, uh, like, the, the sirens were going off constantly. I checked the news, saw this horrible thing happen downtown today. Like... Uh, all this thing's going wrong, political party A did something to political party B and vice versa, my sports team lost, you know, like, and just the world, everything is bad. And Age of Sigmar is just one of those things where, where like, I, I'm like, okay, like, I'm tapping out, I'm going to go play Age of Sigmar, and I don't want these other things to bother me right now. Not everyone's like mm-hmm. that, but I found a lot of Age of Sigmar players tend to kind of... Uh, use the game yeah. to, to, as a as i mean it's an escape right it's that's it's escapism yeah it's, it's an escape and like that doesn't mean that you can't come into the group with views or whatever and you, and yeah or whatever thing it's just keep them to the side like this is just a group for hobby and and um, especially on Facebook, and i think this is it's really important to not bury the lead on this this is especially important for facebook because yeah. facebook is the place where it's like the League of Legends of socialization. Like it's it's just it's pure. It, like the toxicity, especially in like I'd say the, like the last five years, has just been ramping up, and I think it's at a fever pitch. I can't go on to my own Facebook feed anymore. Um, like I I keep my Facebook feed. It's it's a private. You have to befriend me. Like I really like I follow the things I follow because I used to go there for news. But what ends up happening when you go there for news? You see the comments. You read one comment, and then you're just like, and then you switch into keyboard warrior mode. Somebody is wrong on the internet. Put a pot of coffee on. I'm gonna be up at this for a while. Like it's just, like that happens. And and so when you go to Facebook, I think like a lot of people in whatever Facebook group, like they see their news feed, you know, their NPR article or whatever, uh, NPR or Fox News article or whatever they follow, and then right below that they see somebody's hobby image of like their awesome ass conversion of bestigors and you go immediately from angry at the comment section on on the news group to now I have to say something about the bestigor and like if you're not in the right mindset of like sort of like getting rid of that before you go into that that bestigor uh, you know post or whatever it is you might bring in some some other stuff and so I think that's I think I see a lot of that, honestly, on Facebook. I think, like, that's half of why people are are filled with such vitriol is because they keep it all... It's all in the same spot. My Twitter feed is super focused. Twitter is just D&D, 
video games, some comics, some music, and Age of Sigmar. That's all my Twitter feed is. And I've had to, like, unfollow a couple of people, and I'm like, you're awesome, I will talk to you any day of the week. But, like, I go to my Twitter feed, and then I start seeing some of these, like, these things I just don't want to think about pop up in my feed. And I'm just like, and I'm depressed again. And I'm like, but my Facebook isn't like that. Even though I've worked really, really hard to screen it out. Like, I'm still going to see the article about babies in cages and how that makes me sad. And then I go look at Age of Sigmar and like, I'm just sad because I saw the babies in cages post. So like, um, I think it's important to like have those filters. And you as a moderator, you've kind of put the hard line down and just like none of this crap in our groups. Yeah, uh, it doesn't matter what side you're from, whether you are in the side that personally think is right or think is wrong. Doesn't matter what side it is, you will get banned, or not necessarily banned. You will be warned, and then you will be removed if you keep doing it. Um, regardless of what side you're on, I don't allow either side. I take a completely impartial view on it. Yeah. So just this is hobby. It doesn't matter if you're trying to, you know, uh, what was it like? Uh, what was the one going around? A great one that like. I ended up banning some guy for because he got really annoyed about it. Was the um, the one with like Obama and the Zinch for change mm. one? And it's like my personal views might be one way about this, but I still don't agree with that being in a hobby group. I'm like that can go somewhere else. Well, that's why you go to a, that's why you join one of the groups I helped form, which is the memes and shit posting group, where that's just a free for all. Yeah, and go to that. <laughs> yeah, just go, go to that. 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 Just, but that's that's in the it's in the title. You are shit posting, right? Like, yeah, and people go there and they expect to see that sort of stuff. But it's like I try to keep the page open <clears throat> and easy access for everyone. So when you come in, you don't see this wall of uh, hate and vitriol and uh, just not good stuff. You see all this amazing hobby, and you're inspired by the page to get into the hobby and do stuff with the hobby. Right, right. And Doggo is happy in background. Is that the is that yeah, the that, Dal Dalmatian? That is the Dalmatian. Hey, hey, <laughs> mailman, mailman, hey, hey. <laughs> uh, she's probably talking to the uh, Rottweiler that's the yard over. Oh, is that what it is? Sup, Rot? How's it going? <laughs> Give me one sec. Yep, yep. I'm just going to go shut her up. Yeah, so um, I I can just sort of um. <laughs> um, sort of building off of of what we're kind of talking about is um, I I have a I have a uh, I'm pretty vocal about how much I dislike Facebook. Uh, like like I I uh, I blame them very specifically. I blame them very specifically for uh, Nagash getting nerfed because people's opinions are terrible, and uh, you usually get like the, you know, like the, the what's called like, it's not even a vocal minority. I think that there's like a vocal majority that can be wrong. You know, the that you 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 get you end up exposed to people who don't who don't think about their opinion a whole lot. They they I know exactly what topic we're talking about. <laughs> like they don't think about their opinion a whole lot. They they become like a slave to their own echo chamber and, and like they take another opinion they hear, they combine it with a, with an emotion that they had at the time. So like you lost to Nagash on Sunday at your LGS 
and then you saw someone mm. on Facebook be like, Nagasha's bullshit. And then you're like, yeah, Nagasha's bullshit. And you're like, and that's all you need. Okay. Now he's bullshit. Um, I've got a perfect analogy for this. It's what I like to call Beast Claw Raider Syndrome. Um, of like something being really negative. In, like Beast Claw are in the worst spot of any army. And um, I've expressed this before to people. It's in a friendly environment where you're just playing with random models that you're throwing together in a hobby store, Beast Claw are the worst army to face. They do six mortal wounds flat out, and that seems broken. However, take that same army to a tournament, and you are severely underpowered and not ready to deal with pretty much anything at the tournament. Well, well context is super is like really, really important for these things, and that's and that's what I'm talking about is like the 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 power to like reinforce your own echo echo chamber is is strong on the internet. I mean, it, I, I I talked about I literally said my Twitter is an echo chamber that I have sculpted on purpose. <laughs> like, I just said those words. But I'm also one of those people who doesn't take his opinions from his echo chamber. I formulate my own opinions. The echo chamber is there for me to fucking feel good. I don't want to, like, take my opinions from the internet. But I'm not, you know, that, that goes with just the whole, like, notion of self-doubt or Cartesian doubt where, like, I always question my... Like, I do, like, a, I was just talking today about how I continuously do like a uh, a like self-check a self-diagnostics on what i believe every now and then like like okay scanning scanning okay are we good better do some research on these things just to make sure that i'm not like i'm not taking crazy pills right um but no frank said something really really worthy earlier and i was trying to work this in where he he said when you're kind of delving into the internets and formulating your opinions about age of sigmar is you kind of want to gravitate towards some of the experts. Now, and here's the thing about Age of Sigmar. The various experts, uh, all of us self-proclaimed exactly experts, do not agree. So it's a good starting point. Like, uh, I, you know, Rufio Simes right at the top, Rob Simes right at the top of my, uh, right at the top of my Twitter feed here. Um, he's a great first step for an opinion, you know, because you go, you know, what does Rob think? But he's not the only opinion. I disagree with Rob. I've disagreed with him openly, like in his own, like on Warhammer Weekly and in and like conversations, like directly. But the thing is, is like we both respect each other. We both create content, um, and we both think about what we believe, right? So, like, if you're yeah. going, like, if you're gonna like essentially borrow knowledge, which is all knowledge ever is, is borrowed. You know, you're just you're just borrowing it from other sources. Um, starting with like some expert opinion because it's the closest thing we have to like the close we don't have like professional age of sigmar opinion men like news folk we're getting close to it like with uh, you know patreons and such like that uh but you know like if you if you follow doom and darkness doom and darkness is going to give you like a good he's got like a opinion that comes from a place of levity but his bias is there when he talks destruction these are great jumping off points and the, the community members you identify with, they te- you have something in common with them a little bit more than age of Sigmar. And I think that's why you resonate with certain community members versus some other ones, but that's a good jump jumping off point. Find, find some expert initially when you're getting into these. And when you see an expert come into Facebook and I'm not saying that their opinion is twice as valid as yours or anybody else's, but it's a good litmus test. It's a good, I'm like jumping hit. I jump in here. No expert comes from mini wargaming. Shots fired. <laughs> I don't care. 
<laughs> right, right. Credibility is important, right? Like you, you're you're building you're building you're building some credibility at, when you're in a, in a community, and I think that comes from accountability and visibility. If I'm fucking wrong, like I expect like my of myself to like discover I'm wrong and like and fix it and, and be held accountable. Um, just today, I kind of jumped on someone's throat on Twitter and felt like a shit bag. After I like, I kind of like read it back to myself. I'm like, oh crap! I like that wasn't that wasn't right. And like immediately, just like I was wrong. Sorry, you know, like that. The internet is a dangerous place because we have an abundance of information that kind of tends to saturate out uh, and dilute the amount of facts. And so pruning through information and discovering what is worthy information, what are facts, and and then tailoring it for your interactions, which is what, what at the end of this is, is interacting with people on Facebook about Age of Sigmar. Um, if you remember first, before any interaction... That everybody you talk to in a Facebook group, you've at least got liking Age of Sigmar in common. If you just remember that simple fact, you'll go a lot further than thinking, like, these are enemies who I hate and that, like, like they're wrong and I have to convert them to my opinion about whether Nagash should go up another hundred points or not. Like, if you just go, if you go at it like, okay, this is a person who plays Age of Sigmar and I play Age of Sigmar. What do we have in common? How can we fix this? And... And just a few questions when you ask someone, like when you see something posted or you ask the question, it's going back to my point before, like just ask how they play. Like, and does it match how you want to play? Right. Um, right. And, and you that's... Know, if, if, if you go, oh, do you play competitive, for instance? And they go, oh, no, I just play in my basement with a couple of mates. You go, okay, cool. I'll take your opinion on board, but it might not be the most valid opinion. You might take the guy below who says, right, I go to tournaments. I've won the last two tournaments I've been at. Here's the results. You can go see them on the Honest Wargamer stats and stuff like that. And all of a sudden you go to that guy and like, right, this is this guy I want to listen to. Hmm. Yeah, if you're you looking for... Ask those couple of questions. Yeah, for competitive especially, right? Um, yeah. And uh, Joanna, real quick, addressing chat here. Mephisto, I am wrong about the Packers. Uh, I'm wearing a mighty fanciful dad sweater that disagrees with you and proves you're wrong. Fact. I should have had on my American top for you guys, for everyone <laughs> on tonight. Um, I do own a Seahawks top. I am a Seahawks fan. Gross. Um, yeah, we can't be um, friends anymore. Like, we're not um, friends. I still haven't forgiven you for the fail, Mary. <laughs> uh, well, that, um, funnily enough, that's how I became a Seahawks fan, because I'm just like, American football is at a really good time for me, like, to watch. Um, because it's on, like, it's on pretty much now in, like, the mornings for me, which is really cool. Um, especially, like, Seattle. So that was a big reason why I like Seattle, because they're generally later in the day, so their games mm-hmm. yeah, a cool time for me. Um, but I actually got into it watching a Super Bowl. It was Patriots versus Seattle. It was Patriots versus Seattle, wasn't it? Yeah, the one where they lost. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, right. So I'm not a bandwagoner because I like this. I started understanding the game watching a season. I'm like, I didn't really go for anyone this season. I'm like, I'm going to go for the team that loses. The, the, uh, I had no idea that Seattle won the year before. Um, um, or that the Patriots won a lot. Um, but I was like, I'm going to go for the team that loses because that way I don't seem like a bandwagoner. Um, and it just so happens that their logo is really similar to the West Coast Eagles who are the the Australian football team that I go to 
So that's really funny. It, like the the finding the the sort of common visuals. Um, you know, humans are visual people. We we like looks yeah. and stuff. Um, and that green. I I love that green away kit that the so, Seattle Seahawks. So you like you that's... like the high visibility green that I wear when I'm working to not get hit by cars. Like you, you like you like that <laughs> it's, green. It's just such a cool uniform. What other sport <laughs> has like fluorescent green as a uniform? I like a lot of sport, and it's it's just one of the. It's just so out there. I love it. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> can't deny that it is out there. Yeah, um, anyway, yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. So, so Facebook <laughs> groups. Yeah, whoo, rabbit hole complete. Um, uh, so like uh, Facebook groups. Um, again, I'm pretty vocal uh, about like hating the 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 average Facebook opinion, and I just like I just spent a uh, about twenty minutes telling you how to how to not be like Mephisto. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, um, but I think that's in general what I try to create. I try to create the group. At least you're getting Facebook. Like, you're not getting outside Facebook into it. You're just getting Warhammer. And you can be angry about Warhammer. There you cool go. Because you're still thinking about Warhammer. And you're still in that, like, you're angry. just like, oh, this person's wrong. But then you might be like, oh, this person's completely wrong about this unit they says is terrible. Um, and you can, you're just like, I'm going to go find a way to make that unit good. Me, me arguing about black knights. <laughs> no, like I actually like, um, one of the things, uh, uh, the, the, the GA death, uh, I don't know if that's a Cinderfall gaming one or not. Uh, no, that's run by Clint actually. Herald of the World does oh, that. Sort of thing. Oh, um, well that one, that's a, that's a Clint. Uh, oh yeah. I'm pretty sure Clint, uh, James from Mortally Wounded and yeah. Bunch of those guys. I know the guys. Bunch of Australians, as always, do all the age of signal stuff. Why is that? Um, Why is that? Have, I mean, we have like this town of Toowoomba, which is like some secondary town in Queensland near the border of New South Wales, and that has like three or four podcasts from it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, no, I, I actually like that. That's a, a, a wonderful question. Why do you want to to control this chaos that is Facebook? Every time there's a new, like, you, you can't help yourself. Every time there's a teaser of a new faction, that fucking Cinderfall gaming group goes up. Um, the, the invites go out. Like, what, why do you, have like, you what, where does that come from? I like creating the hype. I like to see the hobby in a good place. Um, I generally do want to get most of these armies. In fact, I do. I, like I said, I do want most of them. I'll probably get Ossiak Bone Reapers. Um, they look cool. Um, but... It's, yeah, it's to create hype, keep it in a positive space. It's just a new thing to get talking about and to keep the community talking about something Warhammer rather than all the bad crap in the world. Yeah, so so more of this, like, uh, just sort of, like, helping build build little, like, social chambers of, of escapism. So, so you... you... You also you also have, like, a cast of, of moderators and stuff like that that you, you sort of, like, bring on yeah, board. Yeah, um... Especially for a lot of the more faction-specific ones, the ones like I know I'm going to play off and on. Um, I get in other people that I know are like really going to delve into the army or already play the army and are quite good experts in it. So I've got moderators on there that people can look to for really good advice, um, or what I hopefully think will be good advice when the army actually comes out. 
Oh uh, yeah, see, I'm uh, uh-huh. I'm on the Osir. I'm uh, somehow an admin on the Osiarch Bone Reapers. I was mid shit talking post when I saw that I became an admin, and I had to immediately delete the shit talk I was about to lay down on some guy <laughs> on, on the yeah, internet. But but with your, like the reason for like picking you, I know you're you're all about death. You're gonna make this army, and you're gonna like point people in the right direction for it. Well, like today, yeah. I. Today, um, calling a spade a spade in, in the army as well. I expect the moderators to go, no, that unit is bad. Well, and that's the thing is, like, there's, there's a, I, I think one of my, my greatest issues with, with, with uh, Facebook, Age of Sigmar, and, and TGA in particular, um, so like those, those big internet communities has been like this forced positivity. I, I'm, I'm, that's why I have to put an asterisk in front of my Ossiarch Bone Reapers hype right now. It is unabashed. I, I feel no shame with how excited I am for this army. But I know the rules brain will kick in once I'm reading that book. I'm still going to play the army because I'm so in love with the aesthetic. And there's more to the game than just rules. But, like, if it comes out and, like, you know, ultimate shame, the Kavalos Death Riders are worse than Black Knights, I'm going to weep tears. Visibly. Well, like, I'm just going to I'm just gonna pull up the stream, I'm going to switch to rant cam, and just cry for 30 minutes reading the War Scroll. Like... But because like I don't think you're helping anyone by like lying to them about stuff in Age of Sigmar. No, I think um, Joe or Halo um, does it really good with like Beast Claw and like shows that like yes, you can love an underpowered faction really well like Beast Claw, but he makes he tries to tell you all these tactics and stuff, and he, but he makes you understand that no, the army is quite underpowered and does take some work. Yeah, yeah, and and. He- and he's stuck he's with it. Honest. Yeah, yeah, and I think that honesty is refreshing too. When you you have somebody, there there is the person who's like Slanesh is Slanesh isn't overpowered, like it's underpowered right now. Where like it's disingenuous, you know, like there is that disingenuous. My army is underpowered, you know, thing, and that that can that can be sour. But it all comes from you know how do they back it up, right? How do you back up what you're saying? That's what makes some opinions more valid than others is you know i don't have a very good opinion on on semi trucks i could tell you that peterbilts are the best truck in the world because i know the word peterbilt and i think it's pretty sweet um but then somebody's like actually mac trucks are the best because it's got a doohickey in it that spins at a certain velocity in a certain direction and its engine does the thing and they're like i've worked on semi trucks for 20 years and my dad before me was a semi truck person and i'm just and i'm just like well i one of us has a more worthy opinion or i need to go find the guy who's worked on trucks for 40 years and whose grandfather and great-grandfather worked on trucks to tell me that i'm actually right but that's how this works some opinions aren't aren't as worthy you can be right and have an unworthy opinion right that's fucking crazy down to people you know telling someone like you're right but how you got there is wrong. I know that's a little bit too advanced for fucking rant cast, but <laughs> my father was a semi truck. Ultimate knowledge achieved, Nosh. <laughs> I am a semi truck, therefore I know which semi truck is best truck. Oh, I'll, I'll um, talk to Joanna here. Um, Slash were not underpowered before their book. They no. were before their book. If you look at their stats before the book as well, they were already on like a sixty-something percent win rate before the book came out. People weren't um, playing them because they still had a bunch of outdated metal kits. They were hard to get, I, but like a, a Zinch I Mike played them in a competitive scene. They were my um, first ever 
army to face it in a GT. I played the Overlord of Measured Gaming. Shout out to the Measured Gaming guys. If you want something as good as Rantcast hey, and the same sort of feel, Joel. Joel um, will actually be on Rantcast uh, next week. So Joel's coming oh, up. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Joel is a top bloke. Um, he was my introduction to the competitive scene, and that is a hard introduction into the competitive scene. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, slash slash were good before the book and, and that's exactly that's why it wasn't you know my hot take at the time i think i was on Haywo show and i'm like slanesh is the next daughters of Cain, and i said it because i looked at them and i'm like they're already performing well um but and sylvaneth sylvaneth hadn't happened yet right to, like i hadn't seen a new book come out and make something actually uh quote unquote worse and i still think there's there's competitive builds in that sylvaneth tome so don't i'm not saying sylvaneth is bad but by certain metrics, it got worse, right? What they were loved the new battalions. Yeah, <laughs> but like, but the point is, is like Slanesh. I looked at Slanesh, and I'm just like, Slanesh already has all the tools to compete. People just aren't playing it. The instant they release like some new kits and make this army easier to purchase, we're just going to see it skyrocket to the top of competitive, uh, to competitive performance. And so, and that's precisely what happened. And like now, it's like. Now I'm just like I'm just laughing. The the Celeste battalion came out today. I am cackling. I I think oh, it's yeah. hilarious. Like I don't even I'm not even mad that Sil, that Slanesh is great. I just find it funny when people say like oh no it's you know it's fine. Like they I just I'm just enjoying the ride honestly. Um DOK eventually it, DOK is still one of the best armies in the game. But like there's so many great armies in the game that like that it's diluted it a little bit and they got just just a couple of like things whacked back into place a little bit um hopefully games workshop has a, as measured a hand with adjusting slanesh in the future um and like bringing them in into power and that they don't get like nagash or ko'd like they don't well ko is fine now but there was a you know a year after clown car they were just being punished for their transgressions so hopefully they don't just smash it into the ground and like obliterate. See, it. I've never known I've never known KO to end because I play probably one of the best KO players in the world on a regular basis. Dan Brewer, right? Like, uh, no, I played the Cron, uh, oh, Mr. Cancron himself. Yeah, he's um one of my regular gaming buddies, and I, I constantly get my uh, pin yeah. pushed in by KO. <laughs> yeah, 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 and and you might not. Yeah, I mean KO or, or BCR might be the better because BCR really got kind of like. It was. It wasn't yeah, even yeah. like. It wasn't even like Beast of Chaos, or I'm sorry, Beast Claw Raiders were like the main, uh, uh, like transgressors. It was. It was mixed destruction using some of their stuff, and the adjustments made to them plus the meta and just like everything rocked them to the bottom. I, I'm hoping Slanesh doesn't get that because I do think. No. You don't ever want something people genuinely love as an army to get like taken down into like shelf territory. I think that's that's a failure that's that's almost a worse failure than making something overpowered overpowered the meta can adjust other overpowered stuff exists you can find it you can counter you can do some counterplay um you know there's there's answers to overpowered stuff underpowered stuff the the fully shelf tier stuff is a tragedy because you stop seeing it get played you know and yeah, i think I guess, that, and that's sort of a good point on like age of sigma how they continuously updating the meta with like the six monthly faqs and like the general sample we do see units actually getting rotated so you might not use that unit for a year or six months 
then it'll come back out. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, you Unless might. Unless they do a Charybdis. Right. Um, you might. Judge away from <laughs> then it's just gone forever. Another four years. Reset the clock. We'll wait. We'll wait on this one. Yeah. I, I, there's um. There's. Like so, I like I'm not. I guess what I'm saying is I'm not running for the hills because of because of Slanesh, and that's another thing. Like I haven't even checked what Facebook's saying right now about uh, the Celesque Battalion. I'm sure it's not good. I bet you. Like, are you just constantly banning people right now in the Cinderfall Gaming Group? Uh, <laughs> like, everyone... not been, but like, uh, I I always remove like posts that are just someone complaining about something being broken without any actual context it's like if you can put up an eye it's um not enforced positivity that's not what i'm trying to get at in the groups it's if you're going to be negative bring a purpose to it i no one needs to see you spouting out such and such is broken and that's your post yeah like go i think or you know put some some put some thought into it so just put some thought into it i think I i think this is bad this is why I think this is bad. And then you're actually creating conversation. You're creating argument. What a good take. So I got you probably for about another half hour or so, right? Uh, oh, no, probably about an hour. Probably okay. an hour. Okay. Okay. Well, I want to, I'd rather, we can always revisit some of these other subjects, but I want to, I want to talk about this uh, sooner rather than later. And we can always talk about some other stuff going forward. Um, you one of the gaming groups you actually started, and this is uh, like I I uh, I shit all over Facebook groups constantly because it's almost a meme for me, and <laughs> you're a good sport, obviously, about it. Um, and it needs to be known that it's all in, in good spirit. When I when I'm making fun of like a Facebook group, I'm making fun of this innocuous, this this big ambiguous amoeba of like a concept of what of a Facebook group, not not any specific groups, um, uh, not. In fact, I'm just lumping internet conversation and the internet, like, just unreasonableness into saying Facebook groups. It could be WhatsApp. It could be TGA. It could be whatever. Um, I've just chosen Facebook as my particular uh, scapegoat. So I want to say before you're, like, you go into my comments on this video or this podcast down the line and just, like, and just, like, start <laughs> adding me over Facebook. <laughs> like, I, that's not, that's not the take here. Um, I just think there are some there are some cautionary tales and lessons in there that you can learn from my hyperbole, right? Um, I mean, fuck that. I'm not apologizing for shit. This is Rantcast. No. Um, no, one of the groups you did recently make, though, was uh, uh, this Dad Hammer... Uh, what is it? Dad Hammer Support Network? Yeah. Um, and this is... This is actually really awesome. So... I mean, there's a, there's a, you, if you followed me for any degree of time, uh, like whether it's on Twitter or Twitch or, or, or YouTube, uh, like you, you know that I'm pretty, I think I'm pretty open about like mental health. Um, it's, it's something that's pretty important to me. I've struggled with my mental health basically my whole life and only within this last year. Uh, thank you so much for that, that Twitch prime sub there, Soren, the resub. Thank you so much. Um, it's only within this last year that I decided to be like, to take the mental health visibility stance that I've taken, which is, you know, just, Hey, if I'm having a bad day, like I, I'm having a bad day. I used to think, and I grew up thinking that if you said you were having a day, a bad day, you were being a pansy or you were throwing a pity party and you were, Oh, woe is me or poor me. 
you know, uh, my grandma's token line would just be, you know, life's a bitch, and then it has puppies, and she'd just say that to me, and I'd have to, like, you know, like, sorry, grandma, that, you know, your daughter kicked the literal crap out of me, and, like, I have issues because of it. Um, you know, like, I, I to have, I, and, and I just, it, it took one person that I admire on Twitter being visible with their mental health, and then suddenly going, oh, oh, wow, like, it's not just me. Um, and when that one person did that, it, it changed the course of like this last year it was like that. And, uh, honestly, like a lot of Luke, you, um, AOS coach doom, uh, plus, you know, personal friends in my, in my circle, um, actually like reached out to me and were like, you know, Hey, we got you type thing. And from there, it was just like, you know, Bryce was a big part of it too. Like from there, it was like, like, I'm okay being not okay and that was a world of difference to me and nothing makes you feel like not okay faster than being a parent and i do think that oh. people people in age of sigmar um you know there is that we, we talked for a long time uh this podcast about having like you know facebook groups be an escape from the like the the age of sigmar facebook groups being an escape from you know reading the comments on a news article right like you don't want that effect with your your facebook group you don't want that type of vitriol um and essentially creating these the this network to sort of like help just i mean most of what i see is just is just is just pure like camaraderie and, and support because again nothing makes you feel not okay faster than like i yelled at my daughter the other day you know i'm like she's three she has no idea and here i am this just monster of a human just like yelling at her because like i can't i can't handle my emotions <laughs> like, like the adult i'm supposed to be sometimes and and so you've created this cinderfall uh uh you know this dad hammer uh support network and i've seen a lot of like good positivity in there that's kind of pushing back against this you can't be open about some of your struggles and you can't as a, especially as a man like this toxic masculinity thing where like you got to be a man and you got to man up and you got to sack up and carry on right but to actually see uh folks talking about you know some of their their especially like again parenting it's it's rough it's hard um especially when you you come at when you have some other outliers going on in your life and so, like, you've created yeah. that group, and I think that's been a been pretty awesome. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about how that came to be, and and maybe like um, a, maybe like some goals for it? Yeah. Um, so, I'm a new dad myself. I've only just had my second child. He's three weeks as of yesterday, um, or actually, he'd be three weeks as of today for those living in America. Um, future. Um, and so I created it just probably around this time last year, I think I created it, maybe a little bit after. Um, and the idea behind it was being a dad's a hard life. It, it's not easy. Like, yes, you, you, you cop the be a man and toughen up, or you, you, sometimes you just have to smile and do what you need to do for your family. Um, it can be a hard life. Yeah. Um, and the idea behind this was a lot of gamers, I think, can be a bit reclusive. Like, it is, like, we're nerds. Or well, some of us are, like, quite nerdy and 
we use it as a way to escape and like it is this community we're a part of and for some of us it's the only friends we have uh members of this community well i think you see a i think you see two two major categories of 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 uh of wargamer uh you see uh, the veteran uh who's who's probably got some form of ptsd or, or not all of them do obviously that that could be a stereo a harmful stereotype to say everyone who's ever been a soldier has ptsd but you do have that category of a veteran that has some some ptsd or, or potential ptsd and then you have nerds or like people of an outcast status right yeah who have like social social anxiety yeah or... social anxiety social whatever it is and again yeah you know like not to stereotype but you do have these two you do have these two groups, um, and they make up a good percentage of, of, of the AOS uh, player base. Um, and it's hard being a parent. It really is hard. And what I've one of my struggles, you know, I, I live uh, kind of removed from my main my main circle of friends now. Um, you know, all my college friends scattered to the winds and went out. Uh, you know, all the different major cities across across the continental U.S. Um, and I was living in Milwaukee, the city I absolutely love. My homerism for Milwaukee, let it be stated, I love that city. Um, I love its sports teams. <laughs> like everything about Milwaukee, except for the gentrification. Uh, <laughs> like, I love, like, I love Milwaukee. Um, but I moved away from Milwaukee, and I felt like I lost a bit of my identity in doing so. And so Molly, uh, Lulu, my, my partner, her and I, it's, it's her and me against the world right now. Any, but... What ends up happening is if, if we, if I have an issue, she basically has the same issue. And so now I'm like, you know, like, you know, we're, you know, I'm stressing, like, I feel like I'm being a bad, Molly, I feel like I'm being a bad parent. Oh no, Andrew, you're not being a bad parent. I'm like, well, of course you have to say that, you know? And so it's nice to have another voice that comes from outside or several voices that can support you or back you up. Yeah. And that's. That's the idea behind the group. It's like these people that are coming here are similar to you. Like, how similar? It might just be as similar as they play the same war game and they understand, like, the the frustration of, like, you don't get as much Warhammer time as you used to. Um, or, it might, or, you know, it might be that they have certain issues they, they're dealing with. Like, it could be something like, uh, what was the one I put up the other day, dealing with a part, um, like, just having a chat to, like, newer dads about dealing with the potential issues of a partner even yourself having a postnatal depression mm -hmm. um oh yeah like you there, find things like that yeah there, there was um there was uh, i don't know if it was a conversation there or if it spawned off of off of that that group but there was i recall someone talking about like you know what do they do when their their wife is like having the the postpartum or or postnatal whatever whatever the, the nomenclature is used use the common parlance um and one of the things, and I didn't respond to it because it seemed pretty well, you know, everyone was kind of chatting pretty decently. But I remember one of the things that uh, Molly's uh, OB, uh, she was fantastic. Uh, one of the things she said to me, she like took me aside and she's like, she's like, Andrew, um, you know, if she's got this, you know, and you're going to notice the signs and stuff like that. And it's, it's not uncommon. One of the best things you can say to her is just like, how can I help you right now? Don't make it like, oh, you're going through the problem, or you have a problem, or you're depressed, and just be like, hey, I, like, what can I do right now? Is sometimes just doing the dishes, right? Like, do the dishes. It's it can be simple stuff, and and I, I like what you touched on a little bit more. Uh, you touched on a little bit earlier before we got 
I kind of took it in the heavy direction twice now. But it sometimes it's just like how like I I don't game as much as I want as I would like to because I got kids. What do and there's some a lot of the lighthearted stuff too in, in that group too. It's not all just like yeah, you see heavy people posting pictures with their their kids painting some models as well and that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, like it's one of the. I mean, that's the other thing is like there's a faux pas about in the even in gamer groups of like posting your children gaming like they're like you're like the whole like don't post pictures of your food don't post you know pictures of your kids and like people just get like mad about this it's like this new millennial rage i'm seeing on the internet we're like oh my god damn it i'm gonna post a photo of my daughter sitting here with a fake with a with my mini travel mouse from when I, I still used to do some I, some mobile IT and stuff, and like the my spare headphone set uh, with a keyboard and like some Warhammer minis. Like I want to po- like I'm I want to post that and like who better to share that with than like another group of of like you know gaming parents who are just trying to like <laughs> like like kind of like hide their not hide there but. But they're they're sort of forced to to I guess by by society this sort of again notion of what it is to be a man and yada 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 and like no you can actually openly love your kids and just like and just like show them to other dads and stuff because we do have this I think we got this new generation of gaming dad I used to write about this on my when I was I still wrote for uh, Kotaku is I think we've got this new this new generation of gaming dad that's emerging where we kind of gamed despite our parents. Right, I, I it might be different for you, but most of my peers growing up, their parents were not gamers. Their parents were normal people, you know. Like, um, yeah, and then you get cool stuff with like people post, and you got this more modern sort of thing where you've got people like that their kids want to do it or they want their kids to do it with them. Um, yeah, there's a, a lot of that example there. would be uh, my co-host that does the narrative show with me over on Cinderful Gaming. Um, he actually took his daughter to CanCon with him, and they just went to Sydney GT together as well this past weekend. And she goes around to tournaments all across the country with him. So that's awesome. Yeah, like I've I've actually got my money on on Lily being the one more likely to be a gigantic uh, nerd. Like Colin, he plays video games and stuff, but Lily's the one who broke my neck my nagash you know like she's she's the one who who broke nagash did did you hear did have you heard the story maybe maybe chad hasn't heard this story uh so i got back from uh i got back from uh that was midwest meltdown no it was nashcon i got back from nashcon and you know i came in the house and i did what you do when you, you get home from a long trip is you kind of put your your stuff down and when you travel with warhammer you travel with a lot of extra shit <laughs> You know, so I put my, I put my Nagash on the table, um, and then I, I, uh, I brought, uh, you know, I brought my bags upstairs and stuff, and then, like, and then, like, I'm used to just, like, leaving Nagash about and, and, you know, having some hobby supplies out. The only thing I'm really particular about is, is, uh, you know, my X-Acto knife and my clippers. They're always out of reach, because she's three. She doesn't know. Um... And like, I will be back in one sec. I'll finish. I'll, I'll finish my my tale. Yeah. Um. And uh, and so like I put Nagash on the table, and uh, I put Nagash on the table and kind of you know came upstairs and I started putting laundry away and stuff like that. And Molly comes into the room, and she's like, Andrew, come downstairs. 
And she brings me downstairs. And she's like, Andrew, sit down. And then she, like, grabs, like, grabs Nagash and he's in two pieces and his, like, little, he's he's off his base and he's kind of broken into two pieces. And, and she's like, uh, Lily broke it. She feels really bad. And Lily, my daughter, had run and she is currently in the recliner just, like, covering her face and stuff. And so I walk, you know, around the corner and, like, I wasn't angry. I mean, I, I do, you know, I've got to Irish temper a little bit, you know. Um, like, I've got, you know, some some of the cliche things that you wouldn't expect. You know, I, I, I do a passionate rant-style podcast because I'm, I'm a passionate guy. So a lot of my stuff boils pretty close to the surface. Um, depression or anger or happiness, you know, all of those things just stay, 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 stay on the surface for me. Um, and so, like... So like I, I, I walk in there and like I wasn't angry, I was actually like touched because I had realized like I had been gone all weekend playing this Age of Sigmar game that she just sees me playing with models all the time and, and then she hears I leave to go play Age of Sigmar and like and her and her, her kids are they're a lot brighter than we give them credit for. She's just like dad goes and he plays this and I want to play this and, and be like dad and and in that moment, I was touched and not upset that Nagash was broken in two pieces. But then I also had this, like, visual metaphor that Nagash was broken in, in two pieces and it was time to put him away on the shelf and play something else now for a little while. Um, but, update to that story. Um, Lily's got her first necromancer um, over here. I've got an extra necromancer kit to put together for her. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> And uh, Nagash, I finally, uh, I finally uh, glued him back together. So he's 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 standing uh, aloft on the shelf uh, right next to my doom demon. Uh, so Nagash is back together again. And I actually felt like a vis- like like this metaphor. Like I felt like as I was repairing Nagash, I was repairing my mental health state for like the last month. <laughs> like I'm like as the glue comes together and Nagash is whole again, so am I. <laughs> it was- really corny and super nerdy but it was again it was just like weird touching moment of like you know i remember you know like uh thinking i would just be angry if my kids broke my controllers and stuff because i'm really particular about like electronics too like i'm just like i'm that guy when it comes to electronics and colin the first thing he did when he was a when he was a baby is he crawled over to my my snes system and he just pulled it off the shelf (laughs) i'm like I'm like okay dad time to like move the 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 retro consoles to the higher shelves and stuff and so it's i think there's stuff like that that like as a first time dad maybe doesn't occur to you like hobbying around children right you know what you know like like hobbying around children and and actually having somewhat of that that caregiver mind because we were raised by a gender i think for the most part a lot of us were raised by you know a generation that had a different take on what fatherhood meant and a different take on what it meant to be a nerd, you know, go play sports so I can vicariously play them through you was more, a little bit more of our generation than, you know, Hey, come build a necromancer with dad. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah. And just, and just letting people know that like, there's, there's, there's more folks out there. Your dad was a nerd. Yeah. And my, and see, my uncle was a, was a, was a Trekkie. And so I did have like I did have a nerd in my peripheral growing up, like so so like that was there like I had those influences but 
but uh like none of my peers were raised by like nerd dads um the closest it got was my friend sam's dad was like a like a really awesome like classic uh metalhead who listened to like awesome ass music like uh, captain beyond and like deep purple and stuff and so like he he would yeah. like he would be blasting that stuff when we go over to his house and then he'd and then he'd switch into i'm an economics professor mode and you're like you're a fucking nerd i know it <laughs> but he played soccer so yeah um any any so what's what's a goal moving forward for for the dad hammer support group um really it's just to have a like a safe space to chat about like all the stuff that like you would have what you might otherwise be persecuted for um talking about like mental health do you have a problem or like even just like there's people posting on there like asking for like oh what nappy brands do you recommend <laughs> you know that yeah. generic stuff yeah the, the, yeah um, or, like, there was another one of like talking about oh like uh getting non-scented bath uh like non-scented bathing sort of stuff and soaps because you know it doesn't leave a scent that the baby can smell and stuff like that so that's interesting that, yeah. see that's really cool that's really cool i see I, I i'd be interested to see um someone someone pick up the charge of making like a mom hammer support network too for 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 women in in, in the hobby that'd be really neat um, yeah, I, I'm not touching the mom hammer stuff. No, no, I don't think you should. You can't. You don't appropriate the mom hammer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. don't appropriate yeah. the moms. Um, uh, let a mom take up that charge. So if you're a if you're a if you're a hobby mom hanging out here, uh, you know maybe make a you can make a parent hammer. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I I think the importance of making like men and women are different. Um, and our problems and how we see the problems in like both relationships, raising children and the world are, are quite different. I, I think there's Men some are, cultural, yeah. there's certainly some cultural differences that I, I, there's a period of adjustment going on. Yeah. I, I believe right now is my, 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 my amateur sociologist perspective, but yeah, like, I mean, especially in the form of like, you're not again, you know, as a dad, you got to be the man, you got to be the breadwinner. Just, we still have people who believe that crap. And it, it still exists. And like, there's been people who posted like that sort of stuff in the group. They feel like by their mother-in-law or even their own parents that this is what they have to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so to be able to like have something to kind of diffuse some of that, you know, that, that sort of toxic maleness, I think is, is, is pretty important. And it's going to mean a lot more coming from other men dealing with it if you're a man who was raised in that sort of culture, then coming from like somebody else, because then you think, you know, you're getting lectured or whatever. But when you see, you see the struggle in real time and that's, and that, that sort of like, yeah, that's the, literally the opposite of your home. Well, you're a zoomer though. You skew a little younger. Right. And we, and, and I, again, I think it's a transitional period right now for, for culture. And we're, we're seeing that, but it's stuff like this that helps that, that transition of like, mental health awareness and and uh you know being a nerd parent and stuff i think that that stuff all really helps and speaking of mental health awareness we'll go i'll talk about that um on the dad hammer support network i'll be running movember um for those who don't know what movember is it's literally growing mustache in the month of november and trying to raise some money to help support both men's mental health issues and cancer research. Um, it's, I don't know the actual stats in my head, but it, men's mental health is quite serious. And a lot of men generally do 
take their own life um, or try to yeah. as um, a result of things of like mental health building up. And the, as we've mentioned before, the old stigma of be a man, toughen up. Right. Um, and it can be quite damaging to like a lot of people when a lot of men just end up taking their own life. So it's really important to get like the help out there and get the research done so that men with mental health can get not only the support they need, but people understand it better. Right, right. And so, so what's uh, what's the dad hammer? What's the uh, so you're you're going to be supporting Movember? Uh, I think you, you yep, had um, all you. Yeah. So yep. How... So there's there's obviously the Movember page you can go down during the month of November. Um, I know there'll be plenty of other people like around and plenty of things do it. Um, now what I'll be doing is I'll be doing a um a uh, sort of paint. Uh, sponsor and paint um so i'll be trying to paint up a certain amount of models and you can claim to sponsor me painting these models up for november by donating however much you want per model i paint over the month okay and you so said, whether it, whether it's a dollar or so so kind of like so kind of like a marathon running you know like where you might sponsor someone to run so many miles you're gonna yeah. seek like sponsorship for 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 a hobby mm-hmm. Are you? Are other people going to be partaking in this within the Dad Hammer Network? Like, can you? Can I? Yeah. Yep. Um. Anyone? I'll make up when the November thing goes. In. They generally send. I'm. Mean, I've done stuff before with them. Um. So when the thing goes out, I'll post up in, and I'll probably post up in the main Facebook group saying you can come support this. Um. And yeah, you can just make one-off donations, or you can call. I'll follow the progress. Um, I'll do some hobby streams or whatever. So yep. like follow along. So that's that's really. And I'll cool. try and paint models with mustaches. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll get out the free guild and I'll paint out mustaches for everyone. Uh, yeah, and uh, and for those of you, uh, for those of you uh, watching the podcast or any of you that that frequent uh, Twitch, I will stop shaving, but it has nothing. It uh, Movember is a convenient excuse for me because Molly hates my facial hair. Uh, except for this part, this is grandfathered in. Uh, like she hates when I grow out facial hair, uh, but I will stop shaving. I'll get really disheveled, but I mostly do that out of laziness and the season. So, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, um, it's, I have to grow the full beard as part of the deal with the um the wife because her birthday is in the middle of November. So I have to grow the full beard until her birthday, and we get a nice picture. But then I'll shave it off, and I'll have just the mustache for the end of November as well. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Um. <laughs> Shave every day like you, right on. Um, so, I I think I get a pretty good scruff going. Um, I can't. I'm not like uh, what is it? Stephen ML the uh, the arrow. That guy is a sexy beast with with some stubble. Like I like I I can't pull off the look. I wish though one day. Um, no. Um, so I think that's really cool. And that actually, uh, I was actually listening to um, playing and slaying. Um, my friend friend of the show. Uh, Ty uh, does it with a couple of his friends, uh, Josh, Troy, sometimes Bryce. Uh, they actually basically did their mental health. Was it? It was Mental Health Awareness Day a few days ago. Is when they recorded it. So they did their they did their mental health awareness episode, uh, which is what what was uh, which uh, came out. I think it came out yesterday. I was listening to it today. Um, they were actually they they brought up this concept of essentially gaming for good. Um, I know that like uh, Nikki is it Nikki Sullivan. I follow her on Twitter. Uh, she does some Twitch stuff too. She she's doing child's play right now, where she 
she does some painting for child's play and 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 takes some donations that way and so um, i go ahead on that note of good things to support uh cancon has an army fundraiser pca um in australia and another uh cancer research as well cancer research um yeah you I... can go buy a ticket to the cancon army raffle which is a fully painted noble army by some commission painters in australia um, you can buy a ticket, as many tickets as you want, and you enter as many times as you want into the raffle to potentially win this awesome army. When does that and happen? It all goes to a good cause. Uh, you can find it on Heralds of War. Um, I believe it'll get given away at CanCon, so you can go find it on the just go follow Heralds of War on Facebook or Twitter, and you'll find the links you need. Right on. Yeah, no, I, th- I think there's a lot of there's a lot of like sort of gaming for good to be had. I know. Um... And, uh, you know, mental health and stuff like that, it's, it's kind of like become a cause I've really championed. And, and, uh, so I think it's, it's, it's any way you can, you're going to be like doing stuff with Age of Sigmar anyway. And to sort of take that and just like turn it up a little bit, like one notch and give something back because quite honestly, Age of Sigmar has just done a lot. It wasn't just like the game of Age of Sigmar, but the, 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 the community, for Age of Sigmar has done a whole lot for for my my personal well being and mental health and just uh, it, it it's helped me through a lot and and to be able to take this and give back to the community in some some manner uh, you know making content or doing doing some some charity work and stuff I think that's just great and if you've got a cause that's that's near and dear to your heart and you can find a way to 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 roll that into what you do like hell yeah you know keep doing it and so I think that the Dad Hammer support group is actually it's my favorite facebook group of the aos groups personally um my second favorite is the osiarch bone reapers one but that's just because i'm an admin and i'm slowly corrupting all of your followers um to my calling oh dear. <laughs> uh uh so any uh, any tangent we left unexplored that you want to circle back to real quick um we sort of talked about uh, D&D a little bit, so I guess now is as good a time to talk about uh, the Age of Sigmar roleplay game that's coming oh, up for yeah. Book 7. Yeah, so we did mention um, how, how the AOS Cities of Sigmar book was like super important for world building. But, this what, we, but what we didn't cool. mention was this. Yeah, go on. What, what, um... Um, so obviously the announced date for it is late uh, first quarter next year. Uh, will be when it's released, hopefully. Um, we don't know too much except the archetypes that are out at the moment. That'll be a D6 system, so it's easy to go from AOS to this RPG system, and that's that is the intent we've been told to make it quite like easy to play Age of Sigma and go into this roleplay game. Um, but I'll be doing a stream uh, or podcast or some however we figure out is best, and you'll be on it. Apparently, yeah. So I've been recruited to be on it. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna do what every DM, like forever DM, does when they're allowed to let their hair down and be a player. I am going to uh, run amok with some quirky, over-the-top character. Um, I'm basically, I've got some concepts that that are going through my mind, but I, I've got one, and I think it'll be better as a surprise for you. <laughs> Sounds like it. I don't know whether to be happy or. About this. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I'll, so yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll uh, so that th- we don't know when that's really going to release though. But Cubicle Seven's been trying real hard to get it out. Yeah. Um. So yeah, just a quick shout out to that, and the, that'll be happening. So 
you can keep an eye out for that. Right. I'm just going to play Cap. Oh no, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to play I'm going to play a character who is like a Catacrosis like main fan club member and uh and they're going around like trying to create like a Catacross fan club and like recruit people. <laughs> like have you paid your taxes lately? <laughs> oh, oh, I can play I can <laughs> gonna play the samurai man i'm gonna play the samurai man before he became a construct like one of the personalities that is one of the 18 personalities in in the samurai man <laughs> uh, oh this is gonna be so much fun <laughs> yeah um no um but this this the, the you mentioned something about how they're using a d6 system and they're go, uh, to make it more more uh translatable and i think this is I talked about this a little bit with Ty, how the jump off point from from D and D or table traditional like gaming or tabletop role playing games, pen and paper role playing games, the, the jump off from those into Age of Sigmar seems pretty easy. Jumping from Age of Sigmar into into tabletop RPGs seems like the harder leap. Yeah, and I think this does like a great way and like. It's probably intentional by Cubicle 7 because then you might get into the other ones because I do all the GWIP stuff now. They've just got the rights to Wrath and Glory, which is the 40k one. And they're also the guys who did the One Ring, which if you haven't played the One Ring role-playing game, that is quite a solid RPG system. I actually really enjoy it myself. Cool. Cool. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Being able to take something familiar... Being being able to take something familiar um, to like a, a war gamer, and I think the interest to get into tabletop RPGs is the highest it's ever been. I blame directly Stranger Things and Critical Role, um, but having sort of like a Rosetta Stone to 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 translate Warhammer to like RPGs, and I think that I think that I'm curious to see this game i as a like I, I i'm like a connoisseur of tabletop rpgs i often use DD as shorthand just because it is ubiquitous and recognizable when i say DD, it's a lot easier than tabletop rpg for instance and if i say just rpg sometimes you might think i'm talking about video games right you might think i'm talking about final fantasy and stuff so it's i just use DD as like a catch-all term but like rpgs are just such a fantastic format you know the, the collaborative storytelling experience that is a tabletop RPG is very difficult to replicate in any other medium. Um, you know, I, I'm, I obviously skew competitive as a player in Age of Sigmar, but I've got my narrative for my army in mind when I'm building it. You know, I didn't run Grimgast Reapers in, in my version of, of Legion of Gosh when Legion of Gosh was, you know, S tier, uh, because I just the spooky boys didn't fit my, my aesthetic or my narrative. Um, you know, nothing against night hunt or night hunt players. I think they're great. And I think they're, they're bringing some low key heat right now. If, if people just, they just take the plunge buy 120 ghosts. Uh, but yeah, I just, I tabletop RPGs are just this different, this different thing. And, um, I don't know what it is that makes it hard to like, to get into a role playing game. But as a GM, I, I know one of the big questions I've always gotten is like, well, what can I do? And then you're just like, anything. <laughs> you know, like, it's just a matter of, like, facilitating it. I wonder how much board game we're going to see in the Cubicle 7 game 
um, and how much role play we're going to see. Yeah. Um, but you've played some of the other Cubicle 7 games, so so you... Yeah, they're a fantasy edition. That they also do the Warhammer Fantasy one. Um, because that, despite being Warhammer, is actually like quite well-liked amongst people who have no idea what Warhammer is. Um, it's quite a popular RPG system. At least the first two were fantasy flight games, and that was their generic fight cards and app for everything. Um, which made it a really good game to play at home with your friends, but a really hard one to try and set up at a club because you needed all these cards and everything. Mm. But um, the fourth edition that Cubic 7 was released is really good, harks back to those early editions of Warhammer Fantasy um, roleplay and is a really solid system. Okay, cool. Um, so you've got a lot of hope for the Age of Sigmar RPG is what you're saying. Yeah, I think it's in good hands. Their yeah. track record is good. Good, cool. Then I, like, I'm excited for it. I have been excited for it. Um, I've played a, a spectrum of RPGs. I mean, I've played everything from, like, GURPS and, and Bessem. Uh, I even played the Elric, uh, like, RPG a while back. I, I've played Rifts and Palladium. I always champion Palladium books. They're out of Detroit. They're fantastic settings. Their rules suck, so you need a good GM. But the games are so so great the settings are so great and like the weird and bad rules kind of enhance it because you just it encourages you to homebrew and, and problem solve a lot with your rules but it also is a very theater of the mind's eye game because the rules are so wonky that you're just you know the dice are i want to roll dice in an rpg that makes me weird i know to some respects like i hate the like oh it's just freeform rpg i'm like i was in drama if I wanted to be in putting on a play right now, I would put on a play. I still like to game in an RPG, if that makes sense. But, like, I, yeah. I, I love the theater of mine's eye style. I, I like I like, I like, like having structure so that you can so that you can freestyle around that structure, you know? Like a stripper pole. It's a lot more fun to dance when you've got a stripper pole than just, like, on a cardboard box. <laughs> that is a great analogy. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's all I really wanted to talk about with that. Like, we don't know an awful lot about it yet, right? Um, and and I think that the city's book existing is kind of important for giving more yeah. people more information to go from Age of Sigmar, uh, you know, the war game to Age of Sigmar, the RPG. That that's an important necessary step, which is why when I kept talking about how I think of the Cities of Sigmar is such an important book, that's part of part of it was that is is Age of Sigmar they Games Workshop has just been crushing it in terms of avenues of play to get into, you know, traditional two K games. Crushing it with Warcry, Shadespire, the card game I forget the name of, so you know how much I played it. Um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Uh, Warhammer Underworlds would be what you're talking about, and Warhammer Age of Sigmar Champion is the actual card game. <laughs> my, my mistake. <laughs> no, it's not bad. It's got a cool mechanic. I like the how you kind of have like a you're you're sort of rotating almost you know through the the play. I kind of like that. It's an interesting mechanic. Um, but I played Halo and. Uh, uh, he has pro points for Magic the Gathering, and I did not have a good time. Uh, also, the death the the death uh, starter deck was shite, and uh, that goes a long way to me not liking shite. Shite. 
It was like shyish except shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was not. It was not good. And you, you will. The fastest way to like lose my loyalty is make death suck in the game. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I, I, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm looking forward to being on the stream. Is it? Is it? I don't know if you can answer this, but are you planning like a long term campaign or just like a like a quick season of like six quote unquote episodes, like one adventure, no, or, you know, something? I like think that. we're looking at, at about maybe. 10 episodes probably for the first season like it'll, it'll be a test of water if there's the want for it we'll keep, keep doing more um but i've talked about it more and more and more people seem to be really wanting it yeah and um, so like if you got to do I mean, like a it'll role... never, be, it'll never be any role sort of thing but if we can make this series where people can follow along characters that they like it'd be pretty cool yeah yeah and like having a rotating cast and like maybe someone's like character finishes your main story arc and then they become an npc quest giver later on and like have cool little i do stuff like that in my tabletop rpgs in general like there are recurring characters between my campaigns and stuff um and so i think that's i think that's just fun to do yeah so yeah it should have more information um on that later perfect perfect um so we're coming right up on the two hour mark yeah, I've probably got maybe 20 minutes, half hour left. Half hour Next. left. And uh, any last tangents? Do you, like, I'm going to hand you a soapbox. Is there something you want to stand atop the soapbox and shout out to the world? Is there any uh, anything that's been like, anything that's been like, you've been super passionate about in Age of Sigmar or just, or just had to get off your chest? <laughs> uh, I think we've already gone down that. City of Sigmar. Yeah, it's City that's of Sigmar. That's my thing at the moment. Um, I have started like a purpose-made podcast for cities of sigma to show my love for them so you're um, really you really so you're 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 in the opposite camp of uh of of bryce and christian f and Ware, who's in the audience right now who just who just shat all over no i'm kidding he didn't shit on the book it was a good it was a good cast i loved it um but you're you're very much about the cities of sigmar book you're having yeah th these are these are my armies I I am an order player through and through. Order is my number one love. So cities pretty much lets me to take anything order I want, except Seraphon, and I don't care because I don't like Seraphon anyway. Um, you know, one of the few armies I don't own. Um, <laughs> Christian in chat here. He says, "You think Dark Riders are good?" Well, Dark Riders um were in the list that beat him, so. <laughs> um, <laughs> Shots fired. Oh man, I love this. <laughs> I mean, it was a mock-up game. He talked about the game on your one. Yeah, yeah. He um, talked about the. He. he I, I he put his... it this way. I don't think Dark Riders are good. They just have a 14-inch movement. I think that is good. Speed kills, man. Speed kills in this game. Um, it's where like Black Knights, their War Scroll could practically be blank, and they have a 12-inch movement in an army that has four-inch movement. Uh, yeah, Black Knights are good. Um. <laughs> Uh, Dark Riders also look sweet as hell, so that's the other reason. Yeah, so you just convert them into your Wild Riders, and, like, there you go. But I've got 25 of those. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so then you just take 25 of those and 25 uh, uh, of the Dark Riders, and you make an Omni Rider. You just smash them, just 50-50, smash them together. See what turns out. Yeah, we, we shall see what comes <laughs> of it. Right on. All right, so shamelessly self-promote everything you want to do who, who you want to put on like what do you want to shout out to uh um, to... well i'll do myself first um get that out of the way shameless self-promotion cinema gaming youtube um 
Cinderfall, uh, currently, uh, sorry, uh, Cinderfall Gaming on YouTube is what you said? Yeah. Yep. Cinderfall Gaming on YouTube. Um, we're currently doing a Christmas giveaway because my partner loves Christmas. So for every 100 subscribers we pass, um, we'll add a Christmas present to the Christmas tree and give it away on Christmas Day. Oh, look at that. That's that's already way better than anything I'm doing on my channel. The thing I'm doing on my channel is Doom is giving away something on his channel. <laughs> so you're not going to know what we're giving away. Okay. We'll be wrapped as presents and they'll be going on stream that'll be over in the corner probably in the next few days. Are you going to uh, Are you going to do like an uh, like a uh, are you going to open the present on the stream and then mail it off to the winner? No, no, we're going to send the present off to them. You can oh, you can They get to open it. That's even better. Yeah. Man, you get to open yeah, you it. Can, Here's a Christmas present from me and um, the partner. Right on. She's all about Christmas and loves it. Um, so yeah, you can find me on YouTube, Sinful Gaming, uh, at Dad Hammer Neo uh, on Twitter. And of course, I run the Facebook groups, um, especially the big Warhammer one. It's the one with 20,000 members we just surpassed. Um, so, yeah. Um, and then shout outs just to friends um we were talking about like good causes before i'd be missed not to shout out uh doom and darkness whose whole channel now any monetization channel goes to charity yeah um yeah yeah it's another good cause his last one was alzheimer's um i think he's still sending the money to alzheimer's research at the moment it's fantastic um so just go like share and subscribe his stuff because it all goes towards watching warhammer and it all goes towards a great cause Right, right. So yeah, um, I'll second the shout out to Doom. Uh, he, he, I mean, he, he really, him, him, coach. They really kind of helped to get make this thing a real thing from just me just talking to myself, I guess. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Doom's a great guy, um, and uh, one day I'll come down and and uh, kick his ass on in Warhammer. <laughs> He's a good player. Believe I, me. I, I, I didn't imagine. Um, yeah. All right. Um, well, uh, thank you for being on. Um, chat, thank you for hanging out with us. Um, good night, everybody. You and you, uh, good right. day. You have a whole day ahead of you now. Yeah, whole day ahead of me now.